Hello and welcome to Ashes of the Imperium, a 40k podcast from sunny England. My name is Dan. And I'm Steve. Join us as we explore the 41st millennium in all its glory, as we talk narrative gaming, Warhammer lore and awesome hobby. From the grim dark corners of Imperial Hives to the outer reaches of Xenos infested space. Welcome to the Ashes of the Imperium. Hello and welcome to Ashes of the Imperium and once again in today's episode we will be going back to our hashtag keep calm and crusade on projects and this time it's my turn to talk all about my exciting projects for my renegade guard. Steve how's it going? Yeah very good very good trying not to super glue myself together. Yeah always the way I I find super glue accidents aren't the things I need to avoid it's um hobby knife accidents I have a, a number of, of missing chunks out of my various digits uh which... although although sometimes in air and uh in uh, rna they uh for nasty gashes they do super glue them together so maybe it's a combination yeah. made in heaven yeah maybe yeah maybe if you just continually have a like a kind of outer layer of skin of super glue <laughs> then it's it's like you know when you walk around barefoot you kind of build up like tough skin on the bottom of your feet yes you yeah go. that's that's essentially this is like hobbyist gloves it's just evolution <laughs> isn't it Oh. oh, anyway, talking already. We have de- de- deviant already or deviant, deviant, uh, <laughs> who knows? That's our other podcast, Steve. So let's talk about Keep Calm and Crusade on projects again, shall we? Yeah, yeah. So um, over to you, dude. So um, what's the theme? What's the concept that's got you excited? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we've spoken at length, I guess, in previous episodes about my love for all things tanky and armored vehicles, um, which I guess kind of mirrors uh, some of your enthusiasm that you spoke about last week. Um, I'm not, I don't want to rehash all the stuff that we covered in the episode, but I think my plans, additions, and in the kind of the kind of the last guttering candle moments of seventh edition i was looking for something to kind of plow my hobby enthusiasm in Um, and i think that was before lockdown wasn't it so um, i guess like real life as ever got in the way i think that with the idea of having more smaller projects with crusade i think i've reassessed what i want from this army so it's gone from more of a an all-encompassing uh, Astro Militarum project to a... In fact, it hasn't gone from that. It's it's transitioned into that and back out of it. So initially, I was just going to do all tanks, and that's cool, whatever. Um, to kind of get to the point, uh, that was the, the initial kind of driving factor of it. I wanted a, a unique uh, Imperial Guard or Astro Militarum uh, tank company, and, and the unique element, the snowflake factor, was going to be the fact that it was going to be Renegade or, or Chaos or whatever. Um, I then had an idea to do um, a, an all-encompassing kind of force and that was going to be essentially renegade cults almost as like a as a huge overarching like eighth edition project so it would allow me to do gc the cults it would allow me to do astro militarum it would allow me to do forge world kind of renegade militia lists uh it would allow me to run cultist heavy heavy chaos space marine lists um so that was kind of something that i was exploring you know i guess mentally exploring rather than kind of physically going in and and buying and assembling and then i kind of realized that i wanted to guess tie tie off some of the loose ends of projects with this army before moving on to other things so i've got some Krieg stuff, which I'd like to incorporate incorporate into this. So the kind of the artillery carriages. And then I wanted to, I did want to incorporate some of the Gene Stiller cult models. Uh, but then equally, I didn't really want it to be a Tyranid list. Because if I was going to do Nids, Niddy things, I think I would just go full Nids. Um, yeah. So I really like the Atalan Jackals, but I thought actually I can, I can use those as say like Rough Riders or Death Riders, whatever. And then all the various vehicles thing. I, I think the kind of the idea was to convert up some vehicles. And I thought I've had like a hankering to do some form of Orc Army for a while. And I guess I think we've even spoken about it on on the podcast, talking about doing like a more Mad Maxi style ramshackle fleet of Orc vehicles. Yes. Um, or maybe a snake bite army with kind of like cyberballs and stuff. And so I thought, actually, I can kind of almost like tick the scratch the kind of heavily converted uh, vehicle focused army via an orc list and that's something that i haven't done before uh, in goodness knows how long have i done it i can't i can't remember uh, yeah i've had so many armies um so <laughs> so essentially the kind of concept of the army is a relatively hybrid all arms astro militarum army um with some forge world toys right 
Okay, so what's the, I think you kind of, so you're going to do some converting or are you leaving the converting to the org project? I think I'm going to do some kit bashing with this okay. rather yeah. than full on converting. So I'll be I'll be converting and kit bashing with the crew members and I'll be using a lot of the Blackstone Fortress models. So the, the, the ultimate kind of hobby aim is to have a, like a, a unique Ash Militarum army with a with lots of chaos conversions in it. So uh, things like using Renegade, uh, the Forge World Renegade militia torsos, uh, yep. which I've, I've got like I've got a finite number of, uh, so I need to use them sparingly. But I'm going to mix that up with using a lot of the Blackstone Fortress um, sort of Renegade guard models, which I've got multiples of, and and then maybe you know for example like some of the tank crew members I've I've used Gene the Cultist torsos because they've got a slightly more mechanic kind of mechanically vibe to them, and then using like marauder horseman heads uh you know maybe the plumes cut off and stuff like that because they've got like a kind of generic chaos helmet on yeah yeah no nice nice okay so what what does what's the finish look that you're after what's the kind uh so i guess working towards a kind of 50 power level force uh with 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 a sideboard I don't. I don't necessarily want to turn this into a full two thousand point army. Um, I just kind of want like a, a half an army uh, with with some bits to swap in and swap out. So maybe maybe it will end up you know having two thousand points worth of stuff, um, which I could, I guess I could combine into an army. But that, I'm not kind of building towards that. I just want like a small smallish army. It allows me to use some of my Forge World toys that I've I've not managed to to find a place for in the army. It allows me to kind of convert up and use these um, Blackstone Fortress guys. Um, and I just kind of want to. You know, explore a little bit of the chaos side and build a slightly different looking army. Yeah. So um, you say chaos and renegade. Um, what what does that look like? As in the the coloration? Are they you know are they following a god? So that's not something I've kind of fully explored yet. I know that in the previous editions of the rules you could uh, like nominate your your leader to be a in the renegade and heretics army lists. You could have like various covenants. You can have Corn, Nurgle, Zinch, and Slanesh. Um, I think as I build the army and work out what models I'm going to be using and, and what kind of stuff I'm going to be having in the army, I think I'd like to maybe then focus towards a god. So maybe if I end up using lots of uh, kind of, you know, marauder squads, you know, like uh, guys with pistols and chainsaws, if that's the thing, I don't know, um, or chaos ogrens then maybe i'll go corn for kind of close combat focus um but equally i i I kind of want in terms of aesthetically i want it to be fairly neutral and actually these are going to be more renegade guard rather than chaos uh, militia if that makes sense so one of my one a, a picture that i really like seeing um and i've shared with you a few times uh, it kind of keeps I keep, every time I see it, I go, oh, this looks cool. And you're like, yeah, Dan, you've shown me that before. Um, <laughs> is a it, I think it's Elysians painted in like the heavy metal Cadian scheme. So yep. it's 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 like exactly the same colors of a Cadian scheme, just on Elysians. And I think it looks really kind of like clean and kind of on point. And it's a very a kind of iconic palette. So I want to use that iconic palette of kind of tan khaki with uh kind of dark green and, and olive green and i want to have that across the army but with like red daubed on chaos stars on the tanks or uh you know red rags on the robes and stuff so using red as a spot color on a really kind of clean traditional army palette so that sounds cool i mean one question is kind of how far gone are they <laughs> i suppose is the question i think yeah i think they're going to vary because the Renegade Guard in the Blackstone Fortress set are, you know, they look like naughty guardsmen who have, you know, dabbling in a bit of chaos here or there at weekends. Whereas the the Forge World's Renegade Militia Torso Upgrade set is, you know, chaos stars, you know, branded onto their chests with, you know, tubes coming out their eyes and stuff. Uh, so I think there's definitely going to be some who are further down the line than others. Yep. Uh, but I like I like the idea of that, and the kind of the narrative that I'm starting to ve- develop is uh, that in you know in the chaos cult maybe you have like levels of of corruption, and that there are some because I think the fall you know we spoke about heroes and villains previously, and I think the the fall and the tragedy of it is is like a great narrative hook, and I think you know that's why we find the Primarchs so kind of intriguing or maybe relatable because. You know, things like pride, uh, you know, the the hubris, like being, you know, Magnus's hubris was his downfall. And, you know, Horus thinking he 
could essentially do better and knew better than the emperor Lorgar not not taking not taking the hint and almost like you know following monarchia where where he basically gets told like it gets given the kind of shot across the bounds of like right you, what you're doing is wrong don't do it again or we'll have to or you'll be in super super duper trouble and he's like well you know fine i'll go look elsewhere for the truth rather than rather than kind of accepting it it's almost like the arrogance of being like well i know that my views are right i've just been look, putting my faith in the wrong place so i'm going to look for a place to place my faith um so those stories are, are kind of really like they, they have a really kind of like human connection to them um because it's all ultimately like based on human emotions isn't it and, yeah. and kind of stories so i like that kind of idea of people doing something that they think is right but it ultimately having like catastrophically bad effect and i think that's something that we see in like almost like it's kind of got like a shakespearean drama to it so you know when when juliet wakes up uh, romeo comes romeo comes in sees julio Julia, Julia Romiet. <laughs> there you go. So that's the, that's the slight, that's the the, the spin-off series. Um, <laughs> Gets so, some copyright issues. Exactly. <laughs> Juliet takes the poison. She looks like she's dead. Romeo finds her, thinks she's dead, kills herself. Juliet wakes up, sees that Romeo is then dead, then kills herself. Sorry, spoilers. If you if you're not if you don't know the story of Romeo and Juliet, then I've just ruined the uh, the ending. Um, but like that kind of like I'm going to do this because my perception of reality is is true. Yeah. And then the audience almost being like, no, don't do that. It's not right. Or, you know, people acting on, on what they think is is the truth or being manipulated. And uh, like the story of, oh God, I swear I've spoken about this on another episode of, of Gellert, the the hound, the Welsh hound. Have uh, I told, did I talk to you about that? I don't remember this one. Yeah, I, mean, I was telling someone about it the other day. So sorry if we if I've covered this on a... Uh, on, on ashes or priority role previously but it's a story about i think it's like a welsh king and he goes out hunting and there's like a wolf that's like running around in the area so he leaves his faithful hound and he leaves the castle comes back at, and having not found the wolf and like everyone's in tears and they're like oh my goodness you know like and he rushes into the the nursery where he left his his like his hound guarding uh his like newborn baby and there's he's got the hound's got blood all over his, his muzzle and then he slays the hound because everything's like carnage in there the dog's got blood all over him and and the cot's upside down and then he goes over to the cot to check on the baby and the baby's under it and it's fine and there's a body of the wolf like behind the cot <laughs> and he's like he's absolutely racked with grief and you know i've completely like you know again like you know massacred the the story to give it in shorthand but um he made that decision based on what he thought to be right and true yeah and he's got to live with that forever so I kind of want going again, sorry, waffling a little bit, but going back to your your original question, I want some of my my Cadians to feel, to to think that they're doing the right thing and almost be manipulated by the more deep set chaos elements of the force to do that. And then once they've once they because the Imperium is a very binary kind of yeah uh, you know world out there, isn't it? So once they've committed even a, an element of heresy or or kind of violence against the imperium they are the enemy and there's no going back about that and i kind of like that like swift relentless unforgiving downfall of, of a of a person that sounds great i mean because goes back to that whole thing about the meme that's out there so it's like are we the bad guys so no one no one starts off thinking they're the bad guys everybody thinks they're doing the right thing you know if, even if it's an extreme thing they think it's the right thing for their country their our situation their their time so yeah almost like uh kind of like for the for the greater good you know yeah. like the, these guardsmen are kind of thinking like well this isn't something i would usually do but you know, for the Imperium, I would do anything and almost going above and beyond to for the right reason. But yes. in doing so, letting themselves be manipulated and ultimately losing their souls to chaos. Yeah. And I like I'm, to I'm... think much like in when uh, in the Heresy series, when Fulgrim gives up to the demon inside him and sort of gives possession over he's then trapped behind the eyes of the demon you know he he then rather than the demon being trapped in fulgrim fulgrim is then trapped in a demon um and i liked that idea of the person the human that or the humanity inside these renegades or guards knowing that what they're doing is wrong after they've like becoming aware of it and and that almost being the their kind of their self-destruction like kind of like spiral because they do something thinking thinking something's right they therefore commit like a heretical act they then realize what they've done is heresy but can't go back so have to follow through with it and in doing so become more 
chaosy. No, it, like you say, it's proper Shakespearean, isn't it? It's that fall into ruin, isn't it? It's great. Yeah, the the road to damnation for these guys is is fairly swift and brutal, but but with lots of kind of Machiavellian twists before it. So lots of uh, I think I'm going to need a because I asked you in the previous episode about uh, like heroes and villains. Yes. And I think my Covenant, like my renegade commander as my warlord is going to be like an absolute evil, evil scumbag. Like the most, like a really twisted, but like quite clever. Um, and I want him to be relatively human looking, but, or may- maybe that could be off the table. Maybe he is, re- you know, I might just use a chaos model to represent him, but I want him to be like a real kind of schemer uh, and someone that kind of manipulates people and these these guardsmen to, uh, to doing things. And I, I think what, what we're going to see from 8th edition kind of ties in really well with this is we're looking at like revisiting the, the Cadian War Zone. Maybe we're going to see it in Pariah or, or indeed the kind of the 8th edition. But like, you know, with, with Cadia having exploded um, and there's plenty of other planets in the Cadia system. Yeah. So I like to think that whilst Cadia has blown up, there's other areas of the system where you might have a previously loyal uh, regiment that's that wants to do something to kind of fight back against Katie. And I think the the catastrophe and the um, awfulness of what happened to Kadia, like the kind of the human tragedy of it, is enough to push these these guardsmen be over the limit. Okay, you know, so and, kind of and the, be prepared yeah. to to kind of get to get their revenge and vengeance on on chaos. You know, be prepared to go above what they know to be right deep in their hearts yeah so so they become so emotionally stressed that things that they would think of being unthinkable now become the only option yeah i i think so something like um like i wouldn't normally do this but they have just blown up our planet so what's a way we can get back to them yeah you know so we'll do that and then in doing so you know if, if only they did this ritual or if only they they committed this act they could have the strength to fight back against the chaos hordes around them not knowing that the chaos hordes are in the ready <laughs> dum 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 Hot twist so talk to me then about your art that you posted and how that fits in with this picture. Yeah, absolutely. So this is from the Eye of Terror Codex. And uh, one of the things that I really liked about uh, things like the Tyrant's Legion in the Bad Ab War Imperial Armor books and, and things like the Eye of Terror Codex is this kind of blend of Chaos Space Marines and, uh, as they were, Imperial Guard or Astra Militarum. Um, and I like this piece in particular because you've got that. You've got a Chaos Space Marine leading these people. And, and actually, maybe the ultimate warlord of 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 this kind of this this project maybe is a chaos space marine so maybe i do have a separate detachment of chaos space marines um you know something like alpha legion could work because yeah. they're very manipulative uh, and they they use cultists a lot or maybe something like word bearers could work because they they're all about um kind of you know occult practices rituals and things like that and that again ties in with some of the stuff we've seen from from psychic awakening as well so um this kind of image really encapsulated that and they're they're very obviously renegades and chaos you know clearly you can it's it's just it screams chaos in in the image um but they're also obviously guard as well there's there's real like the the las gun is an imperial uh kind of mark the 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 helmet and shoulder pads are very cadian and you can just tell that they are that it, it kind of it's very obvious what they are they are chaos Cadian guardsmen yeah. um, and i like that i like that kind of like the dual nature of that um and being being led by the the single chaos space marine behind them uh you can see like a horde of guardsmen and then just one chaos space marine kind of like you know leading the horde and leading the pack yeah no super strong super strong so that's obviously images that inspired you so what existing law um, will help inspire this project so i think again i'm going to go back to the imperial armor books and maybe find a like a structure or an org chart or something like that a, like an order of battle to base it on because i've got i've got the artillery i you know for the the carriages um i've built a malkador furnace so it's it's gonna be a hybrid force but i kind of want to be like okay maybe this is an artillery battery with a a flame tank for defense or or maybe this okay. is a an assault force with some artillery attached to it you know so you know, i want to find something to kind of structurally base my force around um take a little bit of inspiration 
and then and then kind of go from there. So it's not a absolute rabble. There's still organisation and structure within the. Oh yeah, family. absolutely, and and that again kind of alludes to the the fact that they are recently fallen. This isn't kind of plague zombies. This is a yeah. this is a, a fighting force, a professional fighting force. They they are Imperial Guardsmen ultimately, um, and they have their structure. Um, yes, some of them have got you know chaos stars branded into their foreheads fine but they are still imperial guardsmen they fight like guardsmen and i think that's something that gives me the flexibility hopefully to run them as astra militarum um, or run them as forge world uh, renegade militia if you know as when the new 8th edition books come out yeah yeah so um based on the old renegade rules do you have any plans for some of the more um interesting or unique units that they yeah the kind of more esoteric stuff so um i have started to kind of lay out the the troops that i've got and because of a lot of the infantry is based off blackstone fortress I'm going to have to do a few head swaps and kit swaps and weapon swaps. But some of the, the a large chunk of the, the models that come with that are armed with pistol and, and hand weapon. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe a, a bolt pistol, a, a las pistol or a, um, uh, what's the auto pistol? Um, and then that doesn't necessarily fit in with what Astra Militarum infantry squads are, are armed with. So um, maybe they can be run as renegade cultists, which are a unit or... Um, like a kind of marauder squad, which are, I think they were kind of more like um, hand-to-hand guys. Yeah. Um, but when I'm running them as Astra Militarum, I'll just kind of sprinkle them amongst the Lansgun wielding infantry to kind of make up numbers. And, okay. you know, right. I, I think like the the level I'm playing at and the kind of style I'm playing this army, it's not going to be an issue that like a couple of the guardsmen have got like a chainsword and an auto pistol, even though I'm going to say they've all got Lansguns, you know, because the leader is very... the the squad leader the sergeant is going to be very obviously the sergeant and the special weapons are going to be very obviously the special weapons and yeah. i think the kind of the guys at the back and they'll be the guys i take off first you know that kind of thing and i'll i'll, I'll make sure my opponent's happy with it uh, before we do it uh but like that's the kind of thing so that allows me to run them as astro military using those rules but also have the flexibility and that's something i kind of wanted to 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 achieve with this army is the flexibility to try out different lists so it's one army doing and that's kind of why i started doing uh have playing with the kind of genes of cult list maybe of of going super flexible uh of maybe running these as kind of brood brothers as well and, and going all in but i've kind of decided actually uh maybe not yeah no no so so what about things like um psychos and stuff because i know they're oh they're yeah yeah strong. definitely going to get those in so um the again the blackstone fortress comes with some amazing two a pair of amazing psychos so again they're just a kind of a couple of head swaps or staff swaps away from being uh like unique models um i love the kind of the floaty nature of them they're all kind of tied down and uh, kind of floating around so definitely having a, a rogue psycho coven in there um which would be really cool and, and i like the idea of again it it them being like slaved to a, gr- a greater psycho so okay. maybe like a malefic lord or maybe again bringing in that chaos space spring thing you know maybe maybe i could go for the zinchin vibe and go thousand suns and have like a, a chaos space Marine thousand sun sorcerer in there as the kind of uh the mastermind so and you know zichin tricks employs is is a very thematic thing so yeah definitely going to get some psychers in there um, obviously cultists um of various types uh i've got a few of the old renegade ogrin um brutes so nice i like the idea of having those in and then i can again run those as astra militarum ogrins if needs be or Bulgrins. um so it kind of again gives me the flexibility um but i also want to explore a little bit more of the Kind of slightly um, counts as is the probably the wrong you know probably the right word I guess so things like a sentinel I kind of like right well what does a a chaos sentinel look like is it just an, a normal sentinel model with um, with a you know a bit of etched brass on it or actually can I have the opportunity to maybe like kit bash one of the new Necron walkers you know the kind of war of the world type yeah. things with uh, like something on top of it so like the uh, like the plague drone that came with Dark Imperium, I've got one of those on sprue. So I'm thinking maybe getting the, the, all the kind of legs and mechy bits of of the Necron and putting like a plague drone top on top, and then having you know weapons pointing out and using mm-hmm. that as like an armored sentinel or something. Um, yeah, I just think that would be quite cool and adds that kind of more chaosy, deep like deep chaos vibe to it. Yeah, yeah, no, that sounds great. I think I think I mean, do you see Crusade offering you the chance to maybe? revisit models that you know as they fall instead of um instead of um 
adding a new model you do a, a, a more twisted version of an existing one yeah yeah so i think that takes its place and then the old yeah model... definitely and i think i think what i would end up doing is given the the kind of the fact that it's just a 28 mil infantry model i would you know pop one out put another one in but just paint them up the same and change him slightly you know add a more a gruesome face or a different weapon or whatever so not like a kind of more time style chop his arm off and, and replace it with a different arm kind of permanent fix i think i would just replace him with something and say like right sergeant bob has died but or you know nearly died mortally wounded and has been given a boon of chaos like and then find a new model to replace it with but base yeah. it off this because because of i've got multiples of the blackstone fortress uh, kits it allows me to use more of the sergeants to kind of have a, sp a few spare sergeants to give boons of chaos to yeah nice no that sounds great i think for me that's you know outcomes of battles or outcomes of roles on the tables that we'll get for a crusade will will really give you opportunity to evolve how they play and also how they look yeah definitely and like we said in the previous episode like not necessarily having a fixed like what we talked about before is kind of like the core concept of the army but not having a, a fixed narrative for down to the kind of tactical level if you know what i mean like you know individual squads will earn their earn their stripes on the battlefield and in games yeah so you talked a little bit around the sort of specific background for your army how do you see them being in that you'll be taking them to different places so you know they've they've changed they've fallen but how do you see your stories working out by taking them to different worlds for different games um in terms of like expanding the army to fit different worlds or just to how, how they'll um just how they're stories will change and expand you know how did they get from one planet to another uh you know what's their roles in those in those games linking your games i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah i guess um i like the idea of this force being used in a kind of infiltratory type way so Ooh, okay ultimately looking to undermine the imperium from within which is why we've got some very human looking astro militarum guys still in there so i will keep some of them intentionally quite clean looking um and i like the idea that maybe planet by planet you know they as as kind of troop rotations like the fog of war allows maybe someone with the same uniform to kind of lie in a casualty pile and you know as as the enemy forces withdraw an enemy soldier kind of lies down next to some casualty and like his his sergeant says you know this is this is uh for the you know you're gonna you're making a great sacrifice and then shooting them in the leg as they retreat and letting them be recovered by the friendly forces you know the the, the imperium forces come back in you know re rescue all the casualties from the battlefield and take a a wounded essentially chaos uh, renegade guy back to the hospital get them rotated out for leave and recovery and then they rotate into another planet um and then they kind of they're sat there infiltrating the the kind of squads from the inside um it's a it's a theme i took from well amongst others kind of guy haley's uh dark imperium book skip forward 20 seconds if you don't want to hear part of the, the book but uh some astro militarum guys get withdrawn off a planet that's been infested by nurgle and they are you know they're, they're nurgle kind of infested physically so uh they they slowly go all crazy and explode and become plague zombies yeah no that, that sounds great and also um actually offers some maybe some in-game you know if maybe you've had two or three games with one player then you know playing against me and my talan maybe the, the squad you know unknowingly has taken somebody in on board. yeah and um, i like maybe that, that you know that impacting your ability to achieve what you want on the table yeah, maybe yeah yeah i mean it could be could be as simple as like oh i've got a bad leg i'm gonna slow everyone down for a bit you know it doesn't mean you have to turn and start shooting everybody no no and, and i think that's that's the kind of thing it would be it would be really subtle undermining bit by yes. bit you know death by a thousand cuts yeah. And if we if we were to play multiple games, then you know the more of my units that you kill, the more of my guys that get to pretend to be casualties. <laughs> so the more, so the the better you're doing on the campaign, the more chance I have of undermining your success in the future. Yeah, yeah, that's super simple, but yeah, it makes perfect sense. Might be quite cute to have a little card deck, maybe. Oh, that's a good idea. And yeah, maybe... so like maybe um, you know something like uh, or or even just a a, a table. Ta yeah of like uh you know a low roll is whether it's a d6 10 12 whatever 20 uh you know a low roll basically being like you're found out executed yeah, yeah. and a high roll being like the whole squad 
you know, a 20 on a D20 is like you've turned the whole squad, replaced yeah. them with a squad of cultists. Yeah, love it. I love it. Totally and like various different, like slightly, slight, you know, really they're from, you know, really mild to you know, do D3 mortal wounds to the squad um, as like, you know, the whole squad rounds a building and then my guy like shoots one of your guys in the back just, just before they go around the building and be like, oh my God, it's a sniper or whatever, you know. Yeah. Uh, even things like um, the nearest vehicle, nearest vehicle to you suddenly stops because you've put sand in the fuel tank or something. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And it can't move for the rest of the game. So yeah, it, 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 yeah. No, well, like the, the 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 rations that they had before the game were actually contaminated, so they're they're now minus one ballistic skill or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a great way of bringing that in. And like you say, um, the number of the times you roll on the table is based on the number of battles we've had and or the number of units. You know what I mean? It's, it's, so it really will be leeching into your army as, as you're trying to fight you. Your yeah, and it, it then encourages me to play in a really aggressive, um, like, sacrificial way, in the same way that yeah. my my kind of chaos overlord, whatever he's going to be, would. Because the kind of the Grenegade commander, or indeed the Chaos Astartes that's uh, manipulating him, uh, wouldn't care for all these these cultists. So they would be thrown into the meat grinder and kind of sacrificed at whim. So it kind of encourages me to play in that really kind of ruthless fashion, knowing that even if it's not doing well on the tabletop there and then, it's going to help me win the next one. Yes, yes, exactly. But then, you know, the whole arms war thing, it then kind of encourages me to bring commissars or bring inquisition or bring somebody to come and um, have to deal with it because the units keep getting sorted. And so maybe, you know, Maybe a commissar nearby allows a reroll on the table. So you know what I mean. There's just ways of making that work that'd be really cool. So you, villains and heroes, you've, you've got your you've got your um, your leader kind of defined. Is there anything else that you've got? Any other roles for people that you fancy playing? Not quite yet. And again, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna wait until some games have been played before I uh, start doing that. But I do like the idea of having like an almost like an arch villain, maybe Space Marine, um, yep. having a kind of lead villain being my kind of renegade commander, and then maybe having like you know the usual kind of um, slightly more frail but mentally uh, you know like a, a the, the wizard psychic, let's say you know the the yep. psychic you know the the evil whispering in the shadow type advisor character um who maybe i kind of guess like the the erebus to to logar yeah so the the kind of the whispering insidious influence that ultimately turned the renegade commander yeah um because you know maybe the 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 first guy fell far first if that makes sense yeah yeah no no excellent i mean just great tropes for that kind of thing isn't it and so much room to play with them it's cool so where's the army right now what have you got what do you need um and then what's on the desk so i've i've built a macarius vulcan um because not a macarius a malkador a malkador and not a vulcan either <laughs> both <laughs> of the wrong words um <laughs> I, I always get confused between the malkadors and the macarius and and the vulcan and the infernus so because obviously vulcan being salamander's primarch uh and being associated with flames, this being a flamey tank, you know, you can see where I'm going with it. this. Overthinking yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So essentially, a Malkador Infernus, which yep. is the the flamey version of the Malkador with a little uh, kind of petrol tank trailer. Nice. Um, so I've got that. That's been built. Um, I've got uh, 20 or so infantry, and I'm starting to now work on the the heavy weapon squads. So this is where I'm start, starting to use um, some of my limited resource, which is the uh renegade torso upgrade kits because yep. because they are limited and because i don't have a you know a huge amount of the kneeling legs either um i'm gonna put one kneeling leg for each you know operating the the heavy weapon system and then the the kind of second crew member on the 60 mil base will be one of my uh renegade guard from blackstone fortress okay and that helps me remove duplicates from the squads and it also yep. helps me conserve both torsos and um, and kneeling legs. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes so I'm sense. starting to work on the, the head weapon squads there. Um, and I've just got from uh, to today, in fact, or, or a couple of days ago, rather, um, I just received my 
Atalan Jackals, which I'm going to, again, use some of my, my uh, Forge World upgrade torsos on the Jackals as uh, I'm going to run them as Death Riders or something like that, you know, Rough Riders, some 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 sort of, you know, light, you know, maybe take a leaf out of your book and do a custom War Scroll. Um, but I think, you know, given the fact that Death Riders exist or Rough Riders exist in, in the rules, might as well just use them as that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, think, I think as we play, you know, we might end up saying, actually, this unit really needs to do this to be like they look and then we'll yeah just, or just, you know just lifting know. even lifting the the scroll out of um out of the gc cult books and just be like yeah all right these these guys have those rules but they they can't do x but they can do y yeah yeah nice nice so what are the short-term plans have you got then so yeah work on some heavy weapon squads and again this is where i want to um start developing like a structure you may be drawing out like a little wire diagram of the platoon. I kind of want to build a platoon or a company, uh, you know, with the heavy weapon squad attachment, with the kind of renegade ogrins who are the kind of the, the kind of frontline bruisers, you know, basically drawing up a little kind of wire um, or, or, you know, order of battle um, yep. and working out who each each you know who we, who they all are so you know the kind of more elite guys that i might use as the veteran equivalent so the disciple squads or something maybe those will be the ones who are uh using the, the four drilled upgrade torsos because they're the kind of fallen fully fallen guys and okay, maybe the, yeah, the yeah. Ge- generic kind of guard squads or cultist squads will be something more like the Blackstone Fortress guys. Uh, maybe actually like just using actual chaos cultists as like rabble to be more like actual actual cultists you know like or renegade mutant rabble or something like that um because in the uh renegade and heretics army list there's you get cultists and militia as two separate units um so maybe running some chaos actual chaos cultist models who with like auto guns you know the stuff that you got with the dark vengeance box and that kind of thing yeah, um, yeah, maybe running some of those on, or or just maybe potentially just using those to bulk out the heavy weapons and and the the squads as well. But because they have got auto guns and slightly different weapons, it, I do want to kind of keep it as WYSIWYG as I can because I don't want to add just like confusing things. And and also they don't like um, aesthetically they don't fit in with the kind of Cadian look. Yes, yes. I, I think I think if you, if you are playing a big game and you want to just bulk out some units with them, they'll be fine. But the idea would be that. You forge world rules for renegades, and then that gives you all of those different flavors, and then you've got all the different looking models, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, how many Ogrins are you going for? I think I've got five or six. Nice. Um, I think I bought a squad of five, so I would have to because I think they come in squads of three, don't they, in the box? So I would have to find another one. Um, I've got my eye on one of the special ones, and he's holding up a uh, um, Creed guy. A Creed guy. Yeah. Uh, but they tend to go for silly prices on on eBay. So, but then you know, I, I'm not I'm not averse to you know buying a special ogre to be the squad leader um, if if that what it takes. Because you know ultimately this this I'm I'm kind of going in with eyes wide open. I'm, I'm building an army that I have a limited amount of the forge world upgrades. I, I you know I, I have enough to be getting on with. But if I wanted to expand this properly, I would need to buy more. Um, and given the the price of them on ebay and stuff i i'm keen to kind of keep it as a relatively um you know bounded project so if you've got a mix then between vehicles and i'm going to call vehicles as everything from the bikes to the artillery to the infernus what's mm. the sort of mix wise do you see it being is it su- supported infantry mainly armor um i like to think of it as a an all arms force so okay. an all arms infantry force so it's infantry supported by the support elements that they need so and that kind of kind of ties into the the concept that we talked about of them still being a professional fighting force so they are still chaos or renegade astra militarum and they they're not a whilst they might be thrown into battle with with ruthless abandon uh, they still try and win in a traditional military manner so having a, a mostly infantry force but backed up by a fair amount of support so you know having my my kind of infernus tank as something that kind of like cruises up to the trenches and flames everything before they go charging in uh, having some rough rider you know bikes to kind of be the recce force and then having some some artillery to kind of support them in on the advance so um that's how i kind of see it so uh, an infantry force backed up by some big toys i think is a is a sort of convenient way to describe it yeah yeah what would be a kind of cool first game scenario um i think i would quite like them to tie into your talent as well um i I, you know i promise not to tweak and tune them too much to be anti-tank um 
but I do like the idea of you're an ambush force and I'm an ambush force. So, oh, you know, like I've got that kind of infiltration vibe. Yes. So I like the idea of maybe having some sort of, of mini game or or maybe the ga- the games preceding the final battle as as like a series. So maybe not necessarily a first call scenario, but a first call scenario, a series of scenarios rather. Like um, that. So the results of the first few scenarios determine who is the ambusher and who is the ambushed. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, as, as we discussed, you know, the results of the scenarios impacting my ability to kind of undermine you. Um, because I see mine as quite like a, it's an offensive force. It's an infantry. It's not like a kind of heavy armored column that you could ambush in the desert. Um, but we do need to kind of reconcile the fact that we've both got a similar thematic trend. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And I think I think in, in some ways, even your idea of um, feeding me troops to um, increase your infiltration rate or increase your corruption rate, whatever you want to call it, would be cool in that I've still got to try and inflict casualties, but perhaps only certain units have you know the ability to infiltrate. So it's like, which one do I shoot? Which one do I kill? I don't know. You know, it, it becomes that um, sort of risk reward thing, which I like about games. So yeah, uh, and, and also I, I do have a much less mobile army you know whilst it is an assault force i do have those static artillery guns so you know and and hordes of and you know not hordes let's say but but a large chunk of infantry so uh, there's it's perfectly feasible for me to be defending something and you to be the attacker um you, you know we would in last week we spoke about you know maybe splitting up into quadrants and and splitting the army i'm not sure that would work for my army if we were going to think about it because um you know hot quarter of my army might just be the artillery and its crew so you would almost want you to be assaulting a a kind of a position that i've set up with some infantry support but maybe i don't have my infernus tank yet and maybe the the sort of the quickness that that comes on to respond is determined by how you know how i've done in the previous games yeah no i don't i think there's definitely scope for it to be a a defensive uh defensive force yeah no 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 sounds cool sounds cool and as i say like i want to explore what this army is through through building it and through kind of researching some of the imperial armor stuff and it maybe it will turn into a more you know artillery focused list the fact that i've got an infernus doesn't necessarily you know suggest that this is a kind of um a very assault heavy force but i don't need to in- include that i have obviously glued some chaos brass etch into it but as i say i'd like to have a sideboard so maybe that just becomes part of the sideboard and maybe it turns into a, a kind of a, an artillery force it's a, it's a a renegade battery rather than a renegade company yeah i like your idea of the sideboard because i think the other thing is you know d- depends who you end up playing a few games with you can end up adding a couple of units that thematically link with them or you know make th- those games more fun so and it's just literally, you know, in game, your your commander pulling in divisional assets or whatever, mm. because you. I think that's that's cool in that you're keeping your still keeping your military structure. So that would make sense rather than if I think it was true chaos, you know, divisional assets and all those kind of things suddenly don't make so much sense. They're just literally mob handed together and sent in to to do what they need to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also the fact that it gives me the flexibility to be the attacker and the defender, in, yes. depending on who I'm playing and what I want to achieve. And also adapt my army to support what my opponent wants out of a game. So when you and I are playing, I can have all artillery and deploy in a kind of cool looking firebase formation. Yep. And we can work around that versus playing someone in more traditional style that wants to have a, a more traditional match play game and me being like, right, okay, well, it doesn't make sense to take three quarters of my army as static artillery pieces, so I'm just going to run something that's a big flamey tank and that's more aggressive and that allows me to achieve things that my more narratively focused list w- wouldn't. Yeah, no, totally get that, totally get that. So what have we, you seen of the core rules um, that make this a goer for you then? Um, the so I, I think... The the fact that I'm looking at maybe, you know, if I did go down the assaulty force element, the, the new Overwatch rules are really exciting. So, you know, Overwatch is now a stratagem. Um, so if I do go for more combat focus list, that that is good for me. Um, it allows my Ogrins as well to get in. It also gives my opponent a difficult decision. So if I charge in a bunch of my kind of close combat-y maraudery cultists, but also have my Ogrins in charge range, they're like, yeah. okay, well, I don't really want to Overwatch this because my, my cultist because the ogrin's going to come in i want to overwatch them equally i could chuck my ogrins in first 
and the opponent is like, oh, well, I do want to kill the Ogrins, but I've got a unit of flamers next to that unit yeah. of infantry that are going to charge me, and they'd be really good Overwatch. So, you know, it, it adds a different element into it. So the, the Overwatch rules are, are cool. Obviously, the, the Forge expanded Forge World uh, rules being part of the 40k rules studio now, uh, looking forward to, obviously, the, the kind of upgrade to that. Um, and, you know, I think w- when we spoke last week, we spoke about um, terrain rules as well, didn't we? Yeah. Um, I'm not... I can't think of a specific terrain project that I'm going to do alongside this. Um, again, you know, may, maybe a, a fallen Chaos Bastion, but I think uh, the majority of my like Imperial, let's call it Imperial terrain, um, whether it's Manufactorum or you know Sector Imperialis or whatever, it was all traditional Imperial. So if I did build a Chaos Bastion, I would it wouldn't necessarily fit in with the rest of my uh, terrain set. So I'm not necessarily going to like Chaosify up some terrain to, to run it as their like base location because. As I said, the the some of the army aren't uber chaos, so yeah. it makes sense that they live in a traditional imperial-looking, you know, fortress. Maybe yes, that makes sense. That makes sense. So there's, it's not been torn down and no, it's not not spiky yet. Not spiky yet. They haven't know, received exactly. their like chaos spike upgrade kit to their their, <laughs> their imperial bastion. Their cards have been stamped for exactly a, four times before. It's they can uh, do that. it's imperial on the outside with a tasty, gooey chaos center. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, crusade then. What could crusade mean to you for for this force? What I think mean? really you kind of touched on it earlier in terms of the like upgrading um, units or models. I think that the chaos boon system, and demonic gifts, is a great way to to kind of reflect that. Um, even if there aren't the rules for it, you can still, you know, you could give your sergeant a, a tentacly arm. And that is where you could, like, upgrade things. Because especially if he's got, like, a chainsaw and you're not going to give him a power fist or, or a combat upgrade, then changing his chainsaw to a tentacly arm, like, like that's just, I think that would look cool. And, and you'd just be like, right, he's got he's got a pistol and a combat weapon. You know, it's it's nothing special. Don't worry about it. Uh, whereas I think if you're running, like, a plasma pistol and a power fist, you'd want to at least make sure that's, that's um, you know, represented on the model. But I think if you're just running him stock, then it gives you the opportunity to go a little bit crazy with the conversions. Yeah. Um, as long as, you know, as lo- again, as, lo- as long as your playing environment supports that. Um, I think something like adding in additional forces as the, as the force grows from other books is something that you could you could approach so once the campaign or the armies reached a certain kind of like infamy then maybe they do attract the attention of of the chaos astartes and and that's when i could draw especially if i am going to keep this quite small that's when i can add a another similarly small chaos force yep yeah yeah you can the boss has sent in some uh the god has sent in someone to help that yeah will, that would shock everyone but you know, your force is so far down the line now of being they've kind of gone that far that they're just like well they've got to go with it they've got to keep yeah. with it and I, and and again that's what that's what i like i like the fact that these kind of guardsmen have, have made a few a few terribly uh terribly thought out decisions and ultimately are now ending up you know fighting their comrades for the in the system that they grew up in and and that's uh you know fighting alongside the very thing that they've defended against for generations so yeah that's got a kind of like beautiful irony to me yeah no fantastic and, and ultimately to sum up it gives me scope to expand the army you know i i could just add more astro militarum things to it to yeah. to expand it uh or i could just go i could down the, go down the, the demon route i could go down the chaos space Marine route it, it's a, a nice flexible mini army that I can supplement with different projects as and when I, I fancy. Yeah. And who, who knows what else we're getting in the pipeline because new edition, there'll be still new models to come. Yeah. I mean, that's that's my ultimate, like that's my ultimate aim is that there is a range of uh, Renegades or Dark Mechanicum with, Renegade, you know, something like that. The, my ultimate kind of the dream for this army is that it's it becomes fully supported with a new range of models. And a new book, you know, you've got things like the the Negavolt cultists from Blackstone Fortress. You've got things like the Chaos Beastmen, um, and and I yeah. will hopefully be including those as as part of the army somehow. Um, you know, seeing a, a fully fledged range with a codex would be amazing, and and then I can adapt the army to to fit into that properly. Um, so yeah, that's the that's I guess that's the end state that I'd like to see. You asked me at the beginning what does 
what does finished look like? Well, hopefully finished looks like an army from Gates Workshop to, to pour this project into. <laughs> an empty yeah. vessel that my, my army can, can pour into and take its shape. Yeah, no, it sounds really cool. I'm looking forward to uh, telling some stories together. Absolutely. So if, um, if you do want to out there, you do want to kind of follow up on my uh, Renegade project, uh, you can follow me at DangerMouse425 on Twitter. And, uh, no, just on Twitter, not on Instagram. Um, and Steve, yeah, how, are your, you how are your talents going? Where can people find you? Yeah, they're um, coming together. I'm almost ready to show off a completed tank, which is going to be exciting. Um, you'll be able to see that on Twitter. And I'm at Tin Racer Steve. And of course, we will be retweeting and showing a variety of uh, both Steve's and my work on uh, our Ashes of the Imperium social medias, which are at AOTI 40K on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can, of course, always email us on ashesoftheimperium at gmail.com. Or finally, you can leave us a voice message on anchor.fm forward slash AOTI 40K. And we'd love to hear about your kind of uh, new 40K, new army projects, or, uh, you know, be feel free to tweet or tag your uh, up and coming project. Even just the concept, again, like share the art, share the concept of your idea, kind of share the project using hashtag keep calm and crusade on. So all that remains is to wish you all the best and uh, wish you happy hobbying. Cheers, guys.